Hey everybody, welcome to another Zoom interview here on Direct Motocross. I'm Billy Rainford, and we uh, well we were looking for something different to do here. And as well, you can't maybe see yet because I'm doing all the talking at the moment. But uh, we got a birthday boy here, and we're gonna play name your greatest race of all times here with uh, Kyle Beaton. Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm good, Billy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a long time since I've done an interview, so I'll probably be a little rusty. <laughs> That's awesome. I, not for me, but I'm still rusty, so it doesn't matter. But uh, oh, I should have mentioned too. This uh, this one is brought to you by the great people over at Liat. So thank you very much for Liat for getting behind Direct Motocross and what we do here. One day we'll actually be able to get out and ride and test some uh, some product. I know I've got a full set of cool gear to try out too. As soon as uh, as soon as we get uh, able to get doing that, but. Anyway, thanks to them. But Beach, man, I've known you a long time. We've got uh, we've had some adventures over the years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we sure have. We go, you know, going way back to England and oh yeah, all over Canada and and even the Supercross races down south. They always seem to uh, have bumped into each other uh, all across the world. So no, oh, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's funny. I'll tell you one thing, man. It's so cool to be in my position to get to interview people and and uh, and chase the racing and the and the families and the riders because man, I've got these great stories with almost everybody in our sport. And it's just, it's just uh, the most important thing to me doing this. Yeah, well, like everyone knows, especially in Canada, uh, motocross is just a big, big family and uh, brings, you know, all of us together. And uh, usually we all get along pretty, pretty damn well. And uh, we're all there for the, the same thing. So uh, it makes for one heck of a good time. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, obviously the gate drops, it gets pretty serious and all that stuff, but it, uh, somehow we managed to keep it as everybody, everybody in the, uh, they always say it's uh, low key or low, you know, it's, it's everybody that comes up from the States says the same thing, right? Oh, it's, it's so, uh, so chill. Yeah. Let's, let's back it up here, man, and go over some, uh, some history with you. I mean, the point of this is a happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. I'm afraid to ask buddy, how old are you? Uh, 32, just turned 32 today. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm 80 years old though, after all those years of racing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man, I'm obviously way older than you. Physically, you feel old. Mentally, you feel the same as you did when you were 18. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, exactly. I feel like I can still go and do everything. And, you know, I, obviously I don't ride dirt bikes very often anymore. Um, I, I snow bike a lot during the winter and, uh, you think you still got it and you still got <laughs> some sort of endurance and, you, you got nothing. It's uh, the body's dying for the next week. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a bit different and uh, a bit of a, a life change over the last, uh, you know, seven, eight years here, but uh, all for the best. And uh, obviously moving on with chapter two of life and, and all that fun stuff. Right. It's funny, isn't it? And then this stupid thing gets in the way too, the older you get. Yeah. Yeah. The, the old mind, uh, it <laughs> likes to wander at times and, uh, you know, a lot of reminiscing with, with buddies and stuff, you know, like Newf and Joey Sutherland and Brad McLean and all those old moto guys. And we always get together and talk, talk about the good old days. And, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I mean, I guess it would have been 2012 was, was my last year of racing. Oh, yeah. I was obviously on my list of questions, 2012. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it's already been eight years. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Wow. Time, yeah, it just keeps speeding up and speeding up. My dad always said that it goes faster and faster the older you get. And it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, and before we forget as well, it's also Colton Fasciotti's birthday today. We share a birthday. Uh, that's right. So he's the big three, two as well. Um, 
but I am two hours older. Uh, oh, you're two hours already? Two hours older? Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, funny, you're the older twin. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Well, let's uh, let's let's back up. Talk about a few things from uh, coming through the you know coming through the ranks. We got you here. I don't think we're going to run out of tape, so we're uh, so we're good here. Let's go back. So, well, actually, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in in BC in in Langley. Um, live with my girlfriend and and her son. Uh, we rent a house uh, just up from my parents, so we're still in the in the neighborhood and around everyone. And yeah, just uh, doing chapter two of life. Uh, we're expecting in July. We have a going to be a, a dad in uh, in July, so pretty excited about that. And you know, talking about how time flies. It it seems like we just found out that she was you know, pregnant a week ago and, you know, the, the due date's coming up quick. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Congratulations. And I'm guessing that might be her right over your right eye. Yeah. She's up in some of those photos there. There you guys are. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, now we always joke, like uh, I, I lost my dad recently and it's uh, tough. I mean, moto families are so close and everything. You, do you, I, if I could point and say anything, I, a kid your age, I just want to say, man, enjoy all the time you have with the moto dad and your family and stuff. I mean, you're close to them. It's gotta be pretty cool, huh? Living that close. Yeah. And like, obviously my condolences to you, Billy and your family. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer to hear that news. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool that I'm still able to live close to my parents and, and, uh, you know, most of my family and my brother and my sister. So yeah, it's important to, to spend as much time with them as we can. And obviously with the, the baby around the corner here, it's, we're going to be passing the baby off, I'm sure, as much as we can to grandpa and grandma. So, uh, yeah, they'll they'll obviously be a huge part of the life and of the baby. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, it should be good. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I always, you know, I'm always interviewing guys like your age or younger, all the racers and stuff like that. Meanwhile, the people my age would talk about stories of racing your dad. You know what I mean? So it's kind of just kind of funny how the, the generations are connected and everything there with uh, when you get to my age. <laughs> yeah, well, it, uh I'm part of that uh, BC old timers Facebook page or whatever. Right. And uh, recently they had uh, quite a few old photos going on of, of back when they, there's a movie that a bunch of them shot. And my dad was actually the, the stunt guy that jumped his bike into the pond. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So, what, that was what, what was that called? Big, sorry. Remember what that video was called? Movie was called? No, I have no idea. I'd have to have to go back and look it up there, but uh, it was something weird name or something. Okay, well, I'll Google something weird name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, let's let's back it up. So obviously, your dad. You just talked about that. So obviously, that's how you got your start. Did you play any other sports? I mean, obviously, your dad raced. You came up racing. But uh, what else did you do? Was there ever? I talked to Cole Thompson about that. Having all his older brothers this week, and there's really no chance he was going to do anything else. Did you do anything else? Yeah, actually, I I played soccer and baseball. Um, for quite a few years, baseball was the first one to kind of end. Um, I was a very competitive kid and, uh, I didn't, I wasn't on like a rep team in, in baseball. So I'd get frustrated and I basically <laughs> just quit because it, we weren't winning and, you know, it just wasn't fun for me. And soccer was good. And I kept playing soccer. Uh, it was good cross training, uh, for moto, uh, at a young age. Uh, and then eventually moto just like kind of took over and, I didn't have time to go do the soccer thing, but I just, I don't think I was a, a team sports type of guy. I was more of a, the moto style on your own. It's always just your fault or, you know, uh, I don't know. I just would get too frustrated with, with teammates and stuff like that. So. 
Right. That's interesting. I, I think it's, it's an important lesson for uh, kids when they're younger to play team sports just to get to know that kind of thing. But, you know, a lot of people do switch off and like prefer the individual sports. Again, we always say moto is a team sport, but obviously when you're on the bike, it's an individual sport, of course. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a good lesson for kids to play team sports too, though, I think. Yeah. I think uh, every kid should, should play team sports and uh, obviously uh, we'll be getting our kid into team sports and it just gets them out and meet people and, you know, makes them not shy and maybe a bit more outgoing and yeah, for sure. teaches them a skill and to have respect for others and stuff like that. So um, I think team sports are great. And like you say, uh, motocross, it is a team sport in a way, you know, with your tra having your trainer and your mechanic and obviously your team, but at the end of the day, when that gate drops, uh, it's it's basically all of you, all of you. So, right. Hey, you ever read that uh, Andre Agassi's tennis book? Was really interesting talking about, and I never really thought about it. But he said tennis is like the most isolated single person sport. You're out there, it's just you. And he said he, he just hated it, the fact that you're out there and you could you could have a meltdown and just people are just stay, you're just out there by yourself. It's just I know, it's kind of an interesting book if you've never read that Andre Agassi book. It's pretty uh, it touches on the team sports, individual sports thing pretty good. Yeah, I've ne I've never read that book, uh, but yeah, I can see how that is. I mean, literally, there's only two people playing at a time, and the, the little stadium that they're in is is full, and like they're watching your every little move. Where, <laughs> like, at least motocross, there's like 40 other guys out on the track yeah. that kind of can take some of the the heat away if you if you mess up or make a mistake. Yeah, I just found it was really interesting to read about the way you describe what it, the feeling of what it was like out there. Anyway. It's, it's pretty crazy, but okay. So, um, wh what was your first race number? When, why did you choose your first race number? Uh, it was one thirty-two, and that would have been uh, my dad's number. Um, so kind of just yeah, rolled with that, and uh, then it changed because uh, someone else in Canada had it uh, a couple of years later, and that that's when I went to one thirty-four, uh, and basically that carried that on into the pro the pro scene so okay okay now who I, I was i lived in vancouver starting in 1996 now i remember who did you come up uh, racing against like out there in bc i mean obviously colton was here he's from aldergrove i guess right he's from out there in the lower mainland who else did you come up with yeah so yeah colt lived like 10 minutes away so grew up racing with him uh brady sharon uh who else dusty he was on the island obviously he was a little bit older uh, but we'd always see him at the track and you know, we'd get to race each other in like the super mini class or whatever. I'm, I'd be on my 60 and they'd be on their, on their eighties. But uh, yeah, I mean, then there's a bunch of other guys that kind of stopped racing uh, before we all did uh, like Blake Krasinski and a few other guys. But uh, yeah, there was a, there's a few of us that kind of all grew up together and kind of went, went most of the way. Were you, were you uh, like, I mean, obviously we think of you, Colton and Brady and Dusty, were you guys all like really close, like in the battles in the super mini class? I, what year were you racing super mini? Oh God, that would have been, I started in, my first race was the fall of 95 okay. uh, in arena cross. So then I did another full year on fifties and then sixties. So it would have been like, yeah, 97, 98, 99. See, that's funny because I remember going out to uh, a race with my buddy out at, at Tawasson. Man, yeah. terrible track. But I remember I took a break because the little bikes were going out. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to go lie down. So I went and laid down in my van. And I just heard these kids going insane on 60s. And I think it was probably you and Brady. And I was like, 
what is going like I didn't know you guys then right I just moved out there and I'm like it's yeah so I remember that 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 was not a fun track really was it did you like it I I didn't mind it actually I I liked the big jumps that they had and stuff and uh obviously some days were better than others with get the dirt and it being hard pack or or soft um but yeah so colt colt was always like kind of like a step above us like a class above us okay. uh, just because he was a, a bigger kid a tall kid so he always seemed to be like that one step and year ahead of us and then uh of me and brady but yeah me and brady were pretty much um we battled our whole mini careers and uh kind of moved up as together okay well okay so that what about um like intermediate year what was your intermediate at uh, like a trans can year and who's that big battle or did you do that or well, funny story. This, this is, this is a good one actually. Oh, so that year, um, that was my last year on eighties and riding intermediate. Cause I was on my 100 riding intermediate. Uh, and we had gone to the Western amateur national and I had won like 11 out of 12 motos, uh, and got, that's the year I won the bronze boot. So I think that would have been 2002, uh, and then we were we had shipped the bikes out to Ontario, and and I was riding in the backyard on the pit bike, like a two weeks before, and uh, crashed and broke my collarbone. So uh, yeah, we uh, we didn't end up making it there for my final amateur year to the Transcan, but uh, yeah, that my dad was not happy. He didn't even take <laughs> me to the hospital. He's like, you can wait for your mom to get home from work to to go to the hospital. I'm not taking you. Oh, are you curious? Oh yeah, he didn't That's take amazing. me. He wait. I had to wait for mom to get home, and before she would take me to the hospital, it was a broken collarbone. And yeah, he didn't. He didn't talk to me for a while either. He gave me the silent treatment. He was not happy. Isn't that amazing? There's quite a few stories about pit bikes and injuries and missed, big missed races because of those. Yeah. So like I passed, you know, Jess Pettis when he was younger, uh, giving him a, you know, don't ride pit bikes; they're uh, dangerous and. You know, quite a few kids that I coach out here, it's like, stay off those pit bikes, you know, and obviously they don't, they don't listen to you and they end up, I think Jess broke his foot at one point and, you know, then there was Devin Sash broke his foot as well or ankle. So there's been a few kids that I've like told this story about and, and it, it turns around and bites them in the butt too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, you just named off a few there, but yeah, there's obviously a longer list even than that it's it's pretty bad it's it's tempting to get out there and do that then yeah it, inevitably stuff goes wrong but uh, okay so what um i i remember very well brady's first pro race remember nanaimo that first turn right yeah he crashed yeah. and but he broke his arm i remember his dad passed right out yeah <laughs> it was, right was it his, yeah it was i think it was his, his humerus his upper arm yeah, yeah that's right that's right um yeah that was were you was that your first race then too pro race or what uh no my first pro race was in arena cross oh, okay abbotsford arena cross which would have been the fall of 2002 i believe wow i probably have one or five photos of that okay um and i i believe i finished second to lance Smale. um and that was in the old i don't know if you ever went to the old abbotsford arena cross the little pole barn type thing ah geez i don't even know no, I don't think I know. Maybe I didn't go to that one. Yeah, and I believe Al Dick was putting on the races back then. I okay. think he was. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember we used to go over the island and we'd go over to uh, some arena crosses over on the island and stuff. I remember that. That was. Yeah, the meadows or something they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
down the hill, down the speed trap down there. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Where everyone would get nailed by the cops. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was that. And the after party in Nanaimo, remember that? that <laughs> and everybody racing to get to the ferry. Yeah. The good old days. Yeah. All right. So what, so your, what was your first uh, pro motocross race though, aside from the arena cross and how'd it go? What was that the fault? Did I, I think, I think one just got, uh, I think it was mission that year was the first round. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, th I just saw a video of it. Uh, I want to say a couple of weeks back, I pulled the whole shot and then in the third corner, I watched the front end out and crash. Was that a rainy year or not a rainy year? I no, it wasn't a rainy year. No, okay. it, it looked pretty good, but, uh, I believe that was, I believe it was mission and I was riding under, uh, Blair Morgan's, uh, tent. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've so it, that was through, through Clearbrook Yamaha. And then basically Blair took my, put, took my bikes that year. Okay. Yeah. Your super long relationship with Clearbrook, right? Back in the day is Kyle Beaton, Clearbrook Yamaha was just like, those two just went together. Yeah. And that, that started in, I think it was 2000 that I started riding for Ed and basically rode for him till, uh, till I moved to Blackfoot in 2009. So yeah, there was like nine years with, with Ed. So uh, me and Ed are still really close today. I still talk to him quite often. And, you know, he's, he's the, the guy that really helped uh, get my career going and gave me that, that chance to, to do what I did. Right on. Hey, I don't, uh, I don't know if I'm getting this right or wrong or, if, or whatever, but is it not true that you and Donk kind of got in trouble at Blackfoot because you're having too much fun? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there was oh, uh, oh, you're laughing. Yeah, there was, I mean, obviously I'm very no smiling. No, too much smiling under the tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm a very outgoing person. I'd like to, you know, go talk with your buddies at, at the races <laughs> and interact with the fans lots. And I donks obviously a very outgoing guy. And, and, uh, I don't know if that just suited that, that team, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of different ways that, uh, they wanted us to go. I mean, I don't know about him, but definitely myself, it was, a. Uh, it was a weird couple of years, to be honest. I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot different than what it was. And in a way, I kind of think that it turned the fun of racing dirt bikes around and made it too much of a job and just put too much pressure on myself. And I think that's kind of when things kind of started going a little, a little sideways, you know, uh, the fun wasn't there and, and uh, just wasn't enjoying it as much as I was before. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be, I mean, I was never at that level, obviously, but that's got to be the balance to keep because dirt biking, we all do it because it's fun. And then when it becomes a job, you can, if you can force it to still be fun, but if you're, you know what I mean? It's just such a tough balance. Yeah. And like that, those were the years, like the year before I started riding for them, I had done some supercross and I really wanted to do that again. And they, they said no, and I couldn't go do that. So that kind of put a sour taste in my mind right away. And I know I just always felt like I was stepping on eggshells and, and, you know, basically, Hey, can I go to the washroom? Is that okay? Like, you know, it got to like kind of that sort of point, you know? All right. Well, I didn't mean to throw any of those guys under the bus. I just remember that hearing that story and thought it was kind of fun. Not fun. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I mean, it is what not it is. Fun. Not fun. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they would agree, you know, uh, that we didn't fully gel. Um, another thing was like we, I had rode Yamahas for years before, switching to them and had worked with Frenchie in the States and, you know, got some factory Yamaha parts. And 
I knew how to set up that Yamaha and I remember going and testing the race bike for the first time and I, I've never been so disappointed in a bike in my life. Oh no. It was uh, a bit of a confidence killer um, to know like, man, I thought this was going to be the best bike I ever rode and, and uh, it, it wasn't. Um, and I think I had a lot of suggestions and, and wanted to try a lot of different stuff and, they kind of had the attitude that we build the best stuff and this is just what you get. Right. Hey, I just posted a, uh, a happy birthday to you picture up on uh, Instagram and it's you cycling with Colton Fasciati and JSR and maybe they were disappointed in your calves. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think that was probably the first, I think we showed up in the first day. That was the first <laughs> week there, Billy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah, that all good, all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before we get to, uh, I mean, there was I was that big crash you had in Moncton, and then the problems in the hospital and the language and oh my god. But uh, let's let's quickly go back to that uh, that trip over to England. Back was that? I don't even know when that was. Was that 2010, 2011? 20, I don't even remember. The last one, I guess. I was on Cowie, so yeah, it would have been eleven. Because I was only there once, so. Yeah, so that would have been 11. I believe I was on Yama or uh, Kawasaki's. That was the – I just signed with Leading Edge or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so that would have been 2011. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, every time, you know, when I, I'm on the floor at the Supercross races down south and everything, every time I bump into Dave Hellier or Rich Winkler, they're always asking me about you and asking how you're doing and how's Beats, how's Beats, always. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah, I talk to Dave quite often, like, on Facebook and stuff. And Okay kind of stay in touch with him but yeah those those are some good times and obviously those by those boys are a riot and yeah it was never boring going over there those two guys can you remember when they were doing uh trying to do impression <laughs> trying to make fun of accents oh my god it was funny but and we went with uh um oh boy I'm blank why am i blanking on his name our tony lane took us to brighton beach yeah yeah and that crew we went there went to that uh, it was called the the queen's head and it was either rich or dave they looked Remember the place was carpeted and it just reeked. And one of them said, yeah. Queen's head, it should be called the King's Feet. <laughs> yeah, that was like old greasy dog carpet. Oh, yeah, a bunch of dogs came out. Yeah. yeah. That little, remember that little kid? It wasn't, it was like January or February or something like that. And that little kid was thinking it was Halloween dressed up as Spider-Man walking around, remember? That place was weird. I remember that now. It was really weird. There's a lot of weird things going on. I know. Yeah. We were, no, my, oh, my mom's chiming in. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what else now um so what year so 2012 was your last year does that mean Moncton was that 2012 was that your last yeah yeah was the last so one Moncton 2012 was was the end of her really that yeah that, didn't you you and Spenny I think got together right or something coming off that <laughs> step to the finish line yeah of all people it ended up being me and him of course so um nothing to do with him it just I had overshot that triple and uh, just landed landed flat and my arms and legs just gave out and there's that rise uh coming up the the other side and it turned right at the top and I just clipped his back tire so yeah it wasn't a it wasn't pretty that's for sure um kind of knew right away that the leg was broken and you know that 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 whole year was a, was a struggle and it was probably you know the the most I've ever trained and and got prepared even mentally prepared uh, and I felt like that was the year I had a good supercross season and everything was kind of clicking and 
rolled into Kamloops that year and I remember hole shotting and having a huge lead and then uh, uh, Hoyer, Brock Hoyer's dog actually ran out onto the track on the back straightaway and I missed it by like inches and then all like these memories of like getting hurt and just like the risk and it just flooded my mind and basically it was over then. It was, uh, I was mentally beat right away after that and uh, just didn't seem to be able to recover from it. Oh, we got. I put out there. Oh, I got put out there asking people to ask you questions. We'll get to this. Oh, look at Brent World. Just uh, he's asking a question. But uh, yeah, I said, hey, we got talking to Beats. Anybody have any questions? But let's. Talk, I want to quickly talk though about your uh, AMA Supercross stuff. Talk about uh, some of your best stuff there. What was? How did that go? Yeah, that stuff went uh, really well. Um, it was obviously something that I've always wanted to do, and I seem to have excelled a lot better at the indoor racing than than the outdoor stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was a lot of money to do it. Uh, kind of, I obviously did it on my own and, uh, but yeah, won some LCQs, you know, qualified right out of heat races. And I think I had two 11ths were my best finishes. So, um, not too bad at all. Uh, you know, with the, with the fields that we had back then. And, uh, that was a good time. You know, I'm, I'm glad I could check that off the bucket list and, you know, say that I was a part of that. Right now, just like uh, all you BC guys, right? You came up racing the Future West Moto Series, right? You guys, you're honed your indoor skills, riding all year. I mean, you guys are down at the river there in January when we're back here in the east, you know, skiing or playing hockey, right? So it's like a pretty good advantage there. Like uh, just, yeah, so many of you guys just excel at the indoor stuff, right? Yeah, it's just, help. Well, obviously we just have a, we've had a great couple of series out here throughout the the years and uh yeah it just allowed us to ride year round and, and get used to that tight riding and uh and a lot of our tracks too like our private tracks around here we you know the everyone's land is a little bit smaller you know i think out in ontario either you have the big farmlands or you're more in a subdivision um so their tracks tend to be a little bit more spread out but you know people out here where they have an acre or two they still build the track and it becomes more of a arena cross track so i think we're just used to that style of riding right any um i mean i want to talk about a couple more things too but uh, any regrets over your your racing career anything you look back and go man um i mean no no big regrets uh maybe in the younger days just uh maybe jumping on the on board with with training harder you know when i was like 14 15 16 uh maybe putting a little bit more effort into it but I mean, being a 14-year-old kid and, you know, having no worries in the world and things were going well, uh, <laughs> you just don't think about that stuff. But uh, I don't know. And I think another little one is maybe maybe wished I would have just stayed with Ed and kind of always kept just doing my own thing because it, it always seemed to work better that way. Yeah, it's funny, huh? It's like it's interesting what, what works for certain personalities, certain riders and things like that. Some, some stuff just doesn't work with uh, some people. So yeah, find that stuff out later, right? You keep trying to jump to the next best thing, and it's not always the best thing, right? So it's just you always live and learn. Yeah, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> Let's hang on. Let me think of another cliche. Uh, a rolling stone? No, that's, that doesn't fit. But uh, okay, hey, when you were a kid, who who was your uh, hero? Like you grew up as a little kid, who were you looking up to? Uh, I, honestly, it was it was Blair Morgan. Uh, nice. You know, he had he had come out to do our arena cross series. I think uh, Al had brought him out. Uh, to race and uh, I remember doing one school with him and uh, I thought it was the coolest thing and then obviously 
him racing sleds and being on TV and doing the whole X Games thing. It was like that guy's rad. And yeah. you know, I've I always looked up to Blair. Uh, and then it was super cool, obviously being able to to spend some time with him and learn off him and the first couple of years of my pro career. And uh, yeah, we we became pretty close there. And yeah, he was always just someone I really looked up to. Uh, same with Darce, Darcy Lange, you know, being the guy that that put it out there and went down south and and made a name for himself down there. And obviously me and him are, are very close now as well. So yeah, just a couple of local, you know, Canadian guys that uh, did very well. Nice. How is Darcy? Is he still on the Island or where is he living these days? Yeah, he's still in Courtney there. So I talk to him every once in a while. Uh, he's trucking along, uh, doing pretty good. Just got his family and busy with that. And I think he's working in his father-in-law's, uh, uh, I think he's got a pole yard or a lumber yard type thing. So that's funny. My, uh, my good, one of my best buddies in Vancouver, his dad, Larry Jangula was the uh, mayor of Courtney for a long time. Maybe still is. I'm not sure how that, uh, how that works, but. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. Eh? Okay. Uh, of all the tracks and stuff you race, I'm hit on a couple of little silly, you know, usual questions. What was your favorite track? Like looking back. Um, obviously like Sandalee would be one of my favorites just cause I always did well there. Oh, cause that's coming up in my main question here in a minute. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I always liked Nanaimo. Uh, I think it was just, everyone obviously hates that place, but I always liked it. It was kind of technical, like it wasn't just pin it, hold on. You actually had to have some throttle control and some finesse and some technique, and obviously there's some big jumps, more kind of super crossy stuff. So uh, I always enjoyed that place. Okay, yeah, it was always so, I mean, hit or miss weather-wise too, right? You always get there and you're like, oh man, is it going to be, are we get, what are we going to get? So it's obviously rains a lot there. And if it's early in the year, it was always tough. But uh, yeah, there've been some good battles. Some really, uh, I enjoyed going there. The photos were amazing with the, you know, the bay in the background and stuff in that top corner. So certainly nice. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're used to riding the mud out here because it, it always seemed like it rained every, even our local stuff was always rain, rain days. And uh, I think we just got used to it and, <laughs> I think a lot of us were good mud riders, you know, growing up too from the West coast. And of course, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, I think it was kind of my home race too. Uh, a lot of family, a lot of friends and obviously the scenery on a, on a nice day, you could look over Nanaimo and, and, uh, made for some cool photos. You just look nicely over the penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what, okay. So you've obviously seen it all. You've, uh, Oh, Hey, what happened there? Where'd you go? You hit a button. Sorry, someone's trying to call me. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. You know, hey, we're just getting the bugs worked out. We don't know. So what? Okay, you've seen obviously tons of races, tons of people come and go. Who nowadays is there a kid you kind of have your eye on that you're kind of who's impressing you, or what? What's going on now these days? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm still involved a little bit uh, with coaching uh, some kids and then building the future West Arena Cross tracks. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, there's this little Braxton Zetner. Oh, sure. He's one of the, one of the kids that I help out. So he's, uh, just hopping on to 60 now, kind of got a, almost a year under his belt. And I think he's going to be a pretty fast kid, uh, here in the next few years. He's he already rips, uh, but I think he's going to be one to kind of go all the way. He's, he's got the name too. I mean, come on, you throw a kid Braxton. Is that you say Zetner? Not Zeitner? Yeah. Yeah. Zetner. Zetner. <laughs> well, that's a good kid to get your name beside because he's uh, he's got the skill at a young age. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and I remember his first race actually. It was uh, Armstrong Arena Cross. I guess that would have been four years ago now, five years ago, four years ago. 
uh, and he showed up to do our schools, mine and Ryan's school in the morning, and uh, he was petrified because uh, well, all the start, other to start, you had to go from outside and squeeze through the little door. He wasn't even that. He was scared to just ride because all the other kids, right? He had never rode with other kids before, so he was scared. Uh, so <laughs> he ended up not joining the school. Uh, and I talked him in after just spinning a couple laps on his own. And I had to give him my goggles to convince him. So I gave him my goggles, which I had to pay for because I wasn't getting free stuff then. <laughs> and uh, he ended up going out there. And then, boom, he went out. Uh, road practice qualifier and then just lit it up man the kid just took off from there and just started getting better and better and obviously uh it was a pretty cool moment to to be a part of you know helping him get going and me and his family became close and you know i talk to them weekly now and usually go out there and uh, coach them uh, about once a week once every two weeks now where do they live uh they live out in chilliwack so not too far Right, right. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, the Future West that you're designing the tracks. I saw this video from this year, and I think that looked like maybe, I mean, I've seen a lot of years there. That looked like the best track I've ever seen this year, man. Nice job. Yeah, obviously we've kind of, uh, we've toned some things down, but, uh, you know, trying to make it safer every time, uh, but still make it exciting for, for every, every class and every rider. So yeah, there were some good tracks this year. Um, obviously there's a bit of a, fiasco was it almost two years ago now with uh, that flagger and stuff and wcb getting involved and you know we had to switch it from having flaggers on the track to using uh lights we went to a light system so that kind of allowed us to use more of the track or more of the arena as well and not have uh you know platforms for the flaggers to stand on and like more like laneways so yeah and it's just trying to get creative and come up with new stuff every time yeah, not, yeah. Poor Cade Clayson was the guy who hit who hit that. You know, she, she ran across and everything. But uh, how has that affected? Has that affected? Like, uh, I mean, spectators wouldn't really see a difference, would they? I know it affects James Lissamore, and he can't. You know, we can't get on the track taking photos and things like that quite the same anymore. But uh, has it uh, affected anything that way, or is it just business as usual? No, it's just business as usual. I think uh, at first, uh, or maybe not at first, but maybe now, some of the parents, you know, trying to get out there to cheer their kid on and. Uh, you know, we don't allow that now unless it's uh, the four to six class. I think we designate like four parents and then obviously a couple of outside people like myself or Ryan uh, to be out on the track to help those kids. Um, but yeah, it's all fenced off now, um, which is probably for the better. Uh, keep everyone off the side of the track and there's more of a structure now. And, you know, I think, I think it was something that needed to happen. Um, and it's working. It's working out well right now. So, well, that's good. Now, what to, what about uh, the gates? How's the health of BC Motocross? How are we looking there in the younger classes and stuff? Is it just strong? How is it? Yeah, like uh, obviously, me and Ryan still are still doing the schools, and we have the new kid kind of beginner schools going, and they're full. We we sell those out every every time, and then uh, obviously the new kid beginner class is probably one of the biggest classes we have. I think there's like on average like 16 kids in that class all year long. So, I mean, we're talking about they're brand new. They've never even rode on a track before. They got the XR 50 or, you know, the old Kawasaki little 50 that whatever the heck that thing is. It's the Suzuki. I think it is what it was. DRZ 50 oh, or yeah. something. Okay. Sure. You know, you got these old bikes and you know, the kids are stoked and you know, they all get trophies and 
then they bump up to the their regular class and they continue on and yeah the the younger classes are, are packed and they're full and there's a lot of great riders coming up so i think it's looking good no that's good to know hey what's uh what's everything like what, what are you doing for uh, your nine to five these days and are you working right now with this virus thing yeah so uh run an excavator uh work for a construction company uh my boss's kid actually races uh luke swenson uh you might have seen some pictures of him or came across his name from looking into our Chilliwack arena cross races. But uh, yeah, so he's been, he's been great, obviously a, a full moto dad. And you know, when it comes to motocross, it kind of comes first <laughs> over work. So uh, that part has been cool, you know, to get time <laughs> off and, you know, he donates a lot of the equipment to go build uh, these tracks, but uh, yeah. So just in the construction world, running equipment and kind of took on a manager job for him, kind of run, helping them run the company and take care of all of our employees. And yeah, things are, are a bit slow right now because of this virus. Uh, but there's a, there's a couple of us still going, staying, staying busy. So it's, it's okay. Well, that's good. I remember when you first uh, left Moto and started working, I remember, I remember we joked together about uh, how you're, you're not throwing money out anymore. You're actually putting stuff in the bank. So it must be kind of nice. Yeah. Well, it's nice to know what you're going to get paid every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Open that you're, if you win or you lose, it's a difference of, you know, quite a few thousand dollars. So it's nice to have some security now and you can plan stuff and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's way easier on the brain anyways. Nice. Now, did you say, are you a homeowner now? Like are you owning the place you're in or what's that? Uh, no, we're just renting. Right. Um, we're planning on buying this year, but now with all this stuff going on, I mean, it could work to our advantage with the housing market to come down. Um, but also who knows what the banks are going to do as far as mortgages and, and loans and, and stuff like that. So I think we're just going to sit back, continue to rent for this year, let the baby come and kind of figure it out from there. Right. Okay, cool. All right. Let's, how about we take uh man, they went through some trouble to send these questions. So let's, uh, let's ask one here. Oh, he's, okay. he's, wait a minute. He's asking all the same ones. Oh, wait a second. There's one about Colton. <laughs> Let's see what he said here. Let's just get to it. If I can get this ready. Come on, let's watch me uh, fumble through my phone here. Where'd he go? He wanted to know about your most poignant me motocross memory was. So that maybe, maybe that'll kind of, we'll, we'll kind of share the whole uh, thing with Brent, uh, Brent Worrell out there in Vernon. Hey Brent, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking and hope you're doing well out there, you and Gisela. Um, he wants to know, and just like the point of my phone call, not only just to wish you a happy birthday, but I think when this kind of time, when there's no racing going on, it's kind of fun to talk to guys like you who maybe, uh, you know, you've retired, you're doing your own thing now. Talk about what is your greatest racing memory of all time? There it is, our, our marquee question. Yeah, I mean, it, that would probably be Sandalee 2008. Um, I pulled both hole shots that year, or that, that day, uh, led every lap, and yeah, went 1-1. One, one. Uh, this is... And if you ever do one with Noof, this is his worst weekend ever. Oh, is that right? Talk, he talks about it all the time. Um, but yeah, it was the best weekend I had. Like it was, it didn't get any easier than that. It was almost like too easy because everything just like slid into place. And, you know, that year was a good year for me too. I've, I had so much fun that year. We traveled across the country with, with the Strattons and, and obviously with Spenny as well. And it was just, uh, and the Allison's. You know, it was just a, a big family moving across Canada. And, uh, but yeah, that race was, was one for the books. It uh, couldn't go any better than that. Okay, cool. Was that, 
or was that 2007? Was that the year the 450 race was insane? The top five guys were just battling the nonstop, or was that the year before maybe? When <laughs> Holmans was up there battling and stuff like that, it was that might have been the year before. I think that was the year before with that with that class. Yeah, that was that was incredible. I can't really remember year 2008. Sorry, I, I can't remember that one. But I, I'll have to go. I should have asked you beforehand, then gone and dug out some photos. So I couldn't really show it. I could hold up a photo, print one out or something. But uh, yeah, so that would have been the last year that I rode for for Clearbrook. Oh, okay. So that was number 22 that year. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. There've been some uh, some good BC 22s out there over the years. Yeah, Hoyer, I think, ran it. Yeah, he did, for sure. Uh, who else would have run that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of you and Hoyer mostly. But yeah, I, Didn't Dylan Kalen run it at one point, too? Oh, maybe Dylan Kalen, yeah, but he's an Ontario kid. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, what, he's in Alberta now, I think, isn't he? I believe so, yeah, yeah. He's all over the place. You see him here and there, so who knows where he's at. <laughs> he's all over, just like a true motocrosser, right? You got to <laughs> yeah. cruise around. All right, buddy. Well, um, man, anything else we need to talk about? I mean, that was the main thing. I want to know what was your greatest thing. Wish you a happy 32nd birthday. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you want to thank some people over the years or anything like that? Or Yeah, obviously I'd like to thank, uh, you know, yourself and, you know, all the media people that, that are still involved with the sport and, you know, put their heart and soul into getting Canadian motocross out there. It's cool. And it, it, it helps all these young guys coming up to, to get noticed and some exposure. So you guys are doing a great job still. Um, and then all the fans and stuff that over the years that I've got to meet and, you know, a lot of them become like family and still talk to them to these days. Uh, and then obviously Yamaha was a huge part of it and, and Ed from Clearbrook Yamaha. So uh, they were, you know, the turning point for me in my career and just, yeah, every other sponsor I've ever had Fox, Fox and shift were, were a big part of my career right from day one. So uh, big thanks to them. And yeah, just anyone else who, who I'm missing, but uh, yeah, thanks to everyone. Hey, do you want to throw your uh, motocross school partner, Noof, under the bus with a funny story about him to go out on or no? Oh, I don't know. I Remember don't... when he retired for the first, I think it might've been the first time and he had two yeah, tears in Chilliwack. It's been like 13 times now. Remember they did a video. They did a video the one time. Oh, I, I shot the video of him doing his retirement. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Are yeah. you counting that as one? Or is that yeah, I, was, I think that might have been one. I'm not sure. There were yeah. tears. One of 13 retirement parties. <laughs> I'm not sure he cried every time, though. Yeah, yeah who knows, man? He's had a few of them. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, Mathis, Mathis likes bugging him about that, too. <coughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really got anything else. I mean, I think he's been thrown under the bus for years, but uh, he's always he's always good to be around and, you know, always a good chuckle with stuff. But next time you talk to him, I'll let him tell the story about Sandalee 2008. Oh, right. He tells, it, he tells it the best, so you can ask him that, and it's, uh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do that this week. We'll call him up, and that'll be uh, – we'll just talk about what he's doing, obviously, and we'll have him tell that story. That'll be good. Right on. And you didn't mention my 1983 Holly Gully House League ADB third place jacket in the background. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What, what is it? Does that say Holly Gully right on the front? I can't even oh, yeah. see it. It says Holly Gully 1983. What? And you were on 80s then? Yeah, don't start doing math. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it looked pretty small. It looks like a small jacket, Billy. It was too small for me then. I, was, I grew this tall <laughs> and I was still riding 80s. Right, right. But it's funny because it says... 
it says schoolboy 80B on the thing. So everybody, when I'd wear it, everybody called me schoolboy Bob. <laughs> so I, for so, some reason, yeah. Is that why it's still in good condition? Because it didn't fit you properly? Yeah, I guess so. I, I literally, I was in <laughs> messing around, I, going through some stuff here. And I found that with like some, uh, a dry cleaners wrap on it. And I'm like, what? And there it was. Oh, and I, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of, I would, I, I should probably go through all my old stuff. I'm sure I could find some some cool stuff as well. I yeah. still got the bronze boot out though. I still oh. keep that in the living room. Do you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's out front and center. <laughs> this doesn't normally live here. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for, for now it might. Yeah. For now, special occasions. It's uh it's the studio backdrop now. Yeah. There you go. All right, Kyle. Hey buddy. Thank you very much for doing this, man. It was great catching up with you. Fun telling some old stories. I mean, there's obviously a whole bunch more too. We could probably talk about, of course, but We'll let it go with that, man. Just happy birthday. What are, you, what are your birthday plans? Not much. Obviously, we can't do much uh, these I'm days right now with this whole virus thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably just have a, a good dinner with the, with the family here and uh, hang out with, uh, with them for the day and, and try and get over to the park and do something. Get outside. It's a beautiful day. So uh, try and soak in some of those rays. All right. Well, hey, man, congratulations and uh, good luck with the, the firstborn. Uh, did you tell us, was it a boy or a girl? Do you know? Did you say that? Uh, it's going to be a boy. So. Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be crazy 50 daddy here in no time. <laughs> awesome. All right, buddy. Well, hey, happy birthday. Have a great time there. Uh, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Billy. Thank you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Also, hey, I guess I should thank Liat, too. Let me thank Liat one more time. Kyle's still there. Okay, we're really, this is really it. See you later. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to shut this thing down. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I can leave that in as an outtake. I know.